Welcome back to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. Today's special guests are Pam Sajak and Monty Buckmaster. I was able to sit down with Pam and Monty in the historic Mint Bar. I was able to uh, eavesdrop in on some of their stories about the Mint and kind of uh, both of their histories with the Mint. Monty is the current owner of the Mint Bar. Pam's grandparents used to run the bar in the 50s and 60s, so it was great to hear all their stories and exchange uh, all the funny, wild things that happened in the Mint Bar. So here's Pam and Monty Buckmaster in the Mint Bar. And welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. This is another episode of Go Be Wyoming. Today, I'm sitting in the Mint Bar, and I've got Monty Buckmaster with me, and then Pam Sajak, whose grandparents used to own the Mint as well, way back when with a partner. So we've got some really old photos here. We're talking about uh, Monty tearing up the tearing up the sinks and stuff in the back, the wells. And so, uh, Monty, thanks for letting us come by, and Pam, thanks for stopping by, too, because we're getting some really great history and stories. So um, thanks for... Uh, letting us sit down with you guys. Sure. Um, let's talk about this photo real quick. Cause, um, Pam brought this in. And so who's the, who's the actor that, uh, it's not confirmed, but, um, we think it's a famous celebrity and it's, uh, Robert Taylor. Is that right? That's correct. In here in the bar. And when is, when, when are we guessing that photo was taken? Fifties. Late fifties. Late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know that he was in the area. Okay. That he spent. Yeah. Cause he had a summer. cabin in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Or yeah. In the summer. Yeah, yeah. In the summers. Okay. And, awesome. Uh, and, and he uh, would go to the rodeo. Every okay. Yeah. Awesome. And this looks like a rodeo weekend picture. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it could very well be him. Yeah. Front That's and center. <laughs> front and center. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll dig into this. I know we'll, we'll go off on some side tangents and some side stories. We already covered a lot, and, um, but I want to cover first Monty, um, where you're originally from. You're from southern Wyoming, is that right? No. From, no? Okay, where are you originally from? South Dakota. Okay. Oh, wow. Down okay. Belfouche. Okay, Belfouche. Okay. Awesome. And then, that's, and then how did you get all the way? Um, I know Rock Springs is in there somewhere, but how did you get, <laughs> how did you get from Belfouche, South Dakota, all the way to Rock Springs? Well, I didn't finish college, and I was starving to death in South Dakota. All you had to do was cross the state line, and you'd like triple your wages because Wyoming was booming. And uh, I finally had enough and packed up, and, and I headed to Rock Springs. My sister was there, so I had a little connection. And, and it was hard to get your foot in the door down there, find a place to live. And, you know, their jobs were available, but finding a place to live was really hard. Sure. Everybody was you know, sharing apartments and, you know, you had multiple roommates. Um, um, so I stayed at my sister's place until I um, landed a, you know, a solid job. And that was with UPS. Gotcha. So that's how I ended up in Rock Springs. Okay. And it was uh, a tough four years of living there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough place. It is. Um, and as we were talking, it's funny, Pam, Pam and you both know my stepdad, Joe, who's from Rock Springs, and you hired him at UPS. So it was kind of a funny, what a funny, uh, Wyoming's a small place uh, when you think about it. But um, so what brought you up here? Was it UPS then? Yeah, I got Up to Sheridan? Okay. Yeah, it, um, was, uh, it was a UPS manager's dream job. Okay. Um, I just fell in it. You know, it's... It, Everybody wanted to come up here, and and I, just out of the blue, they just called me up one day and said, "You're going to Sheridan." It's like, I'm leaving today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we were like, no, no, wait, wait, because I wanted out of Rock Springs. I didn't like it down there. At sure. All. You know, it's it's 
the contrast between, you know, Western South Dakota and, and, you know, around the Black Hills and going to Rock Springs was like night and day. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, it's cold and windy and winters are long in Rock Springs. And, jeez, mm-hmm. um, if you go out and play golf, you know, you got to, the wind's blowing on a Saturday or something like that. You got to aim your tee shot about 50 yards off the fairway and let the wind bring wind it back take in. <laughs> and that wasn't that good. So <laughs> it was pretty tough. I, I just, uh, you know. Needed a change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you couldn't get to know anybody down there because, you know, it's such a high transient population. Yeah, you know, people came there to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, their population doubled, at least doubled. And, you know, the people that, um, you know, the natives of that town, you know, they all kept to themselves. Sure. Because they didn't like all these people in town. And, you know, you couldn't get to know very many people in the transients you didn't want to get to know because it was a tough community right. down Yeah, with I-80 of, going through there. A lot yeah. of crime. You yeah. Know, it was huge. Um, bad deal. So when I got the orders to come up here, I was more than ready to come. Absolutely. And I've been here ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Belfouche is kind of in this neck of the woods, so you huh? kind of knew what uh, you were getting into. Um, how long were we were you with UPS then? Uh, 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get into, I want to know kind of the story of how you came about buying the bar, but I want to go kind of, we'll, jump yeah. back and forth here because so, we have Pam here with all the history here of sure. her grandparents and the partner running it. Um, so when did they buy or yeah, because they purchased the bar then from who was, who was that owner? That uh, year? I couldn't tell you. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. How long did they own it then? 36 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And then so you'd come in here uh, when you were younger and with rodeo and we were just talking about usually when the wild rodeo would come through, the uh, horse would be in the bar. Right. Yeah. And your your parents would put you on the put you on the bar top and be like, just stay out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> stay up here. Um, that's awesome. Um, so then, in, uh, who did they sell it to? Then, do you know that? Monty knows. Well, I okay. think they sold it to Harold Riley. Okay. <clears throat> Harold um, owned the truck stop out on the north end of town. Okay. You know, that was a really busy place out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, country kitchen in it, and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. But Harold lived in Belfouche. Oh, okay. And he owned a number of properties down there, businesses and stuff. And, you know, he was a family friend from a long time ago. I, you know, I knew Harold and, I mean, I wasn't tight with him or anything like that, but I knew his kids and, cause, but they were younger than me. Um, and about the time I'm leaving South Dakota, you know, they're kind of growing up and getting through high school and stuff. But um, my brother, you know, who's the partner with me here, um, was Harold's um, legal advisor. Gotcha. And, you know, that's that was our connection to it. Yeah. He came in one day to Wes's office and told him he was going to sell the mint. Now, you know, that was in 1990, and, and I'd lived here since 84, and I'd been in the bar twice, you know, in six years. and But I heard people talk about it all the time. Right. Um, and I had never, ever dreamed for one minute that I would own a bar. It was never on my list of things that I wanted to do. Um, I just never thought about it. Right. And my brother called me up one day and said, Harold's selling a bar. You want to partner up on it? And I said, well, what do we know about running a bar? <laughs> pretty good on this other side of it, but, you know, stacking up the cans. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right. Um, um we just, you know, we talked about it a little bit, and 
it looked like a reasonable investment. And, you know, um, I knew, though, you know, that, that it was a place that was in high demand. Sure. I mean, if somebody, if it was going to go up for sale, that the list was long, mm -hmm. potential buyers for it. Right. And um, we, um, we decided we would. And we closed on it in seven days before anybody ever found out wow. that it was for sale. Yeah, that's awesome. Because um, if it would have went into a bidding war, um, oh, yeah. it would have been a whole different deal. Yep, you know? yeah. Um, so so would you say, is it fair to say your brother kind of convinced you? And I mean, it, so he brought it to you and was like, hey, let's partner up and do it. And yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. Fair enough to say. What's uh, Tell me, because you, you, you said you were only in the bar twice. So give me those two experiences of being in the bar before you owned it. What were they like? Uh, you know, it was quiet. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of people around. It was in the middle of the week or something. And uh, that was the second time. The first time I came in, um, I was working at UPS then, and I just felt like having a beer before I went home. Sure. And I came in the front door, and I managed to get a place to sit down. But uh, I really felt like I was out of my element. <laughs> <You know? laughs> was it standing room only then? Yeah. Yeah. Right busy. after work. Yeah. 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 It was pretty busy. Cool. It was around seven o'clock or something like that. And yeah. The place was, was hopping. But, um, the second time, you know, weekday, not a lot of people in here. You know, I think it was a weekend, Oh, okay. but it was in that, that transition period from, you know, happy hour to seven or eight or whatever. It oh, is. sure. People run home, get something to eat, change clothes, and back to the bar. And I think it was in between right there because it wasn't all that busy in here cool. at that time. Um, you know, and it worked out. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, Joe was in here. Oh. Yep. <laughs> sitting right over there. The UPS crew, huh? Yep. Grabbing drinks yeah. <laughs> after work. Yeah. Well, I didn't work for UPS anymore. Oh, okay. On the second time. Okay. So, um, That's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Joe. Yeah, yeah, it was. He's told me stories, so I, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he was in here when yeah. he was younger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And then closed in seven days. That's. Um, closed in seven days. Anybody listening here that's buying property here right now is like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, you know, we had a, you know, all the proper paperwork and, you know, and the down payment lined up and. You know, we just needed some financing, and we went over to First Interstate and talked to Mark Kenner, and Mark looked over everything and went, let's do it. Yeah. And pow. We signed the papers just like that. That's awesome. Went that fast. That's a, and that, oh, wow. Because so we interviewed Mark Kenner as a representative, and he told us that he used to work at the bank. So now I'm like, oh, like, um, not to make you guys feel old, but I'm like, oh, wow, like this history. That's great. Yeah, um, yeah. Pam, how about you? What's one of your first memories? And it could be when you were a kid or just one of your first memories of coming into the bar and uh, just, I mean, you told us the rodeo one, but anything else that you can, that comes off the top of your head? Well, I remember there were two shifts. Like, I think they opened at 730 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, my grandfather, they took turns, he and his partner who had the night shift and the day shift. But we would come on Sundays when he would clean and restock. My sister and I would come and play, basically. There was an old bowling machine over here, and we could come in back, and we made, like, simple syrupy drinks, you know, and we, we bartended <laughs> while he cleaned. Right, right. Stocks, yeah, so mostly, uh, you know, just enjoyed the aesthetics of the bar. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. 
just enjoying hanging out, being around, and yeah. um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably hoping to find a nickel or quarter laying oh, on the yeah. floor or something. <laughs> I remember eating peanuts, and we'd play pool back here yeah. at the very back while he cleaned, and you know, yeah, sort of pacified us so he could do what he had to do. <laughs> yep. Didn't have to worry about you guys running around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, Monty, when you guys, so that was, you said you bought it in 1998? 98. 98? 90. 90. Okay. Um, what were, we talked about the, the sinks and the wells. What were some other things right off the bat that you and your brother were like, we got to update or fix or, um, or just run through that whole, just maybe all of them, all, all the things you guys have done uh, in the bar. Well, well, geez. <laughs> There's we, a little bit at a time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Something came up, we fixed it, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it needed some help. And I kind of got broke into that when, you know, the first rodeo came along. You know, there you are, you know, it's 95 degrees outside and... You know, the place is jam-packed with people, and it is so hot in here, you can't breathe. But nobody cared. I mean, they're pounding the beers down and, and, and you know, essentially, um, you know, selling beer that wasn't all that cold because we couldn't get it cold. You know, we had a lot of trouble with that. And, you know, a, a breaker would pop, and I went back there one time to reset it, and I burned my hand on the door on the, that covers it because the circuits were so overloaded that, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but those breakers, they give off a lot of heat. I mean, you're running a lot of amps through that thing. And, you know, that when I opened up the door on I'm like, whoa, you know. Yeah. So, so I got a, a burned out fuse. And it's the old style fuse that screws in. Okay. Well, I screwed the fuse out of there. There was a penny in there underneath it. <laughs> now that bypasses, you know, the purpose of having a, um, a fuse, right? Because the fuse burns. Well, this you know, it was burned, all right, but it was already been burnt. Um, but they put a penny under there so that it wouldn't burn and it would keep working. Well, you know, it's, a, it's supposed to be a twenty amp breaker, and you're probably running thirty through it. Well, it's pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, after we got all that kind of that came to light, you know, that was uh, priority number one. Right. Was you know we had to change the service in here. There was just too much stuff in, in uh, the service panel. Um, you know, the, the, they had to come in. As a matter of fact, it happened on a Thursday night where it just overloaded something terrible, and we ended up calling MDU on an emergency thing, and they came down on a Thursday night while we were in doing business, because Thursday night's just like Friday night on Rodeo Weekend. I mean, it's crazy in here. And they reconnected all that, or got it ready, and then when we closed down, they changed over the service on the outside of the building, okay? And, you know, put a bigger panel in there to allow more, um, more power to come into the building, and then from there, we split the panel, okay? And there was so much power being drawn through one panel that we filled a second one oh, after gosh. we split it off to bring it back into, you know, under the 20 amp draw range. Right. Okay. It was crazy. It's amazing it didn't burn down. Yeah. <laughs> We're like going, holy crap. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I've been up in the attic a couple times doing some stuff. And, you know, there used to be a lot of neon lights in here. 
and they were in the back. Okay. Lay, laying up on those shelves up there, long neon tubes. Well, those things have a, um, a transformer hooked up to them. Mm-hmm. And the wiring that went to those was just wrapped in cloth. You know, it was an old material that they used to use. I got up there and I touched one of those things and the cloth would fall off of it and it's a bare copper wire. Oh my gosh. You know, it was, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus. You know, so I got an electrician down there, you know, we started cutting all that stuff and killing all the power on it because they didn't, we didn't use them anymore. Right. They were so old. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so anyway, we got, uh, you know, we got it all fresh wired and you know, taken care of and mm-hmm. it's pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. But that was, that was priority number one. Sure, absolutely. And then, as you said, you know, as we've been talking here, you know, there's always been something that needs, you know, needs updating the floor, or, you know, things like that. Um, I, I do want to ask you because we t- hit on rodeo. Is there any rodeo in particular that comes to mind, or um, a, a rodeo weekend um, where s- somebody came in that you remember, or just? I don't know that something's sticking out in the last couple, the last 20 years for rodeo, you know, it'd like be kind of celebrity or something. Yeah, or just somebody, I don't know, like a rodeo, you know, a rodeo athlete or, um, just maybe somebody that, you know, so I've, I've grown up here in Sheridan. So somebody I wouldn't have known, like, uh, you know, I never knew Robert Taylor had a cabin out in Buffalo. So he's been in the mint. So, um, I don't know that somebody, I don't know, or maybe one of your fondest, you know, your person, your personal favorite it doesn't have to be like, you know. Yeah, well, I don't have a favorite rodeo weekend because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no fun for me, you know. No, not really. It's awful busy for me. Right. You know. Um, How about just in general? Just anybody that's come in that sticks out to well, you? I've met a few of the, you know, the top NFR cowboys, you know, that have come in. Yeah. Um, a couple ropers, um, um, a couple bull riders. But... Um, you know, as far as anybody else really coming around for that, uh, that are usually not here that time of year. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a number of people come through the bar, celebrity kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kenny Rogers. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Kenny Rogers yeah. was in here. And um, um, doggone it, what's his name? Jeez. Uh, oh, I can't think of him. Um, you know, he's a, a lot of most of the people that I've seen in the last ten years have come up for polo. Oh, sure. You know, so they've hung around the polo field or actually even played polo and stuff. Okay. But, but have stopped in. Sure. Know. Tommy Lee Jones is the guy I'm trying. Oh, to there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Jones yeah, yeah. was in here a few okay. times, and um, he hung around. He used to like to sit down there. Um, but um, you know, there. You know, of course, uh, Robert. Well, the other Robert Taylor, uh, Walt Longmire. Oh, yes. You know, uh, Craig Jones. Yeah, because they do the Longmire days, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He comes in. Yeah. And he's a cool dude. Yeah. You know, he really is. Um, I like talking to him and Adam Bartley and um, uh, um, A. Martinez um, and the other guy that played Bailey. I can't remember his name. Anyway, they were all in here a couple years okay. ago. Okay. Sat around. You know, what's really cool about them is that they're just regular people. Yeah. You know, they got regular lives and they just have a particular talent to be able to do something. And but when you sit down and talk to them, they do the same kind of stuff we do. You know. Yeah. Wear the same shoes and um, you know that kind of stuff. And you know, they're just 
It's okay. Yeah. And I don't like bothering them. You know, if they want to talk, I'll talk. But I don't go looking for autographs sure. or anything like that. I want them to enjoy the experience in here. Yeah. Because this is a pretty rare place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every year it becomes even more rare to find a, right. a bar like this. Yeah. Because they're going away. Um, it's hard to maintain them, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the whole industry has changed a lot. Sure. And, um, we're fortunate to have this in Sheridan um, because it could be gone, you know. Times have just changed. and um, But, the, you know, thanks to all the, you know, the people around Sheridan, you know, it's, it's part of Main Street. And, you know, without their patronage, you know, it would be, wouldn't be the same. Yep, be know? an empty building. Yeah, be an empty building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Pam, how about is there any stories you heard of people coming in through the bar? That's you know you mentioned Kenny Rogers. Um, anybody that came to mind when when uh, Monty was talking? Um, well, I remember they filmed a movie here. Okay, that's why Kenny Rogers was here. And um, I don't even know how long ago that was. It was 1986. Was that Wild Horses? Wild Horses. Wild Horses. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, I don't know. I just think if if anybody comes to town that hasn't been to Sheridan that I know, that's a guest, we got to take, take them, them in. to the yep. inn. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of what everybody does. Yeah. It's just a tradition. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and for, um, I can say this, but like when you turn 21 here, that's, that's a, you know, one of your first stops, you know, on that, on that celebration is you're coming through the mint, you know, regardless of. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even begin to tell you how many guys I know have told me, um, my granddad took me down or when I was only 15. Yeah. <laughs> I sat on a bench and had a pop and some potato chips. And then when I'm 17, I'm getting served, you know. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. Sneak, you know, slip me a beer. Yep, sneak you in, I, yeah. I, I've heard that so many times. Yeah, I used to go down there all the time. I was only 20, but, you know, wasn't a big deal. Uh, that's well, funny. And there's some other times, too, like stroll. Before yeah. Christmas. Christmas you can't get in here. Yeah. You know, yep. it's just packed. Yeah. Yeah. And Standing uh, room only. It's yeah. yeah. If you that's, have people coming home for the holidays, they're always here. That's a great, you know, there's two really fun times a year, you know, um, I did, should narrow it down like that, but that really stand out. And of course, rodeo weekend, um, you know, is one of them and, and, and Friday morning on parade day, mm. that's the best part of it for me. Because everybody's coming in, and I get to see everybody. Right. But from after the parade's over with, after that, you know, it's run for cover. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. I got too much to do. Run for so, the hills, yeah. yeah. And then when, uh, when uh, um, the Christmas stroll started, I thought that event was going to be an absolute flop because the first year they did it, it was a driving blizzard outside, and there was almost no participation. I was looking out the front window, and people were walking up the street, you know, trying to... <laughs> It was that grainy, icy kind of driving snow stuff. You know, yep. it was just horrible. But it's look what it's developed into now. It's mm -hmm. a great event, and you know, so you got people home once again. You know, you know, for the holidays, and they all come to the mint. Yep. So you get to see them again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It really is. That's awesome. Yeah. What? Um, so, let me tell me if I'm wrong, but. The rodeo 
we we usually never had like the street dance out there, right? Originally, or is that was that something that when you took over is that something new, or has that always happened? I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, they had a street dance. Okay, but it was over on Grinnell. Right. Um, okay. It was there, and then they had it. Uh, no, no, it was on Grinnell, um, and it was really hard to contain over there. Sure. It just. I mean, you had to build fencing up and <clears throat> and keep it there, you know, and. You know, you, there, you couldn't have an open container out, you know, so people would go. You could drink inside of the... The fenced area. The fenced area, but try keeping everybody in there. Yep. And they'd leave there and come up to the Mint or across the street to the Rainbow. You know, they're carrying their beer with them, and it was a battle, you know, with the people and with the PD. Sure. You know, because they weren't going to allow it. Right. And, it evolved into this, you know, what we have now because yeah. of Don Townsend. Okay. And, and what they do up in Miles City at the Buck and Horse Sale up there. Gotcha. Now, they closed it off up there just like we do here. And Don Townsend took that, that, um, that model mm -hmm. and sold, it, sold the idea to the city on it. Cool. And it made it a manageable event. Yeah. Okay. It just was unmanageable, you know. Yeah. We could only hire so many people. And, you know, you're telling somebody, don't take your beer out here. You can't do that. And they go like, yeah, well, watch this. And they're gone. Well, you're not going to go beat them up. You had to, but that happened all the time. Mm -hmm. you, just, you just wasn't doable anymore. Sure. So uh, Don sold the idea to, uh, I think it was Mayor Wilson at the time, and, and they, uh, they gave us the permission to do it. And... You know, it's been a work in progress ever since. Sure. Because things change all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's because I'm, I'm a little younger, so I don't know, and you know, never experienced that. But um, um, it's always good to hear how that came about because it's, um, it is fun, you know, going to the Mint, go to the Rainbow, you know, and you've got music playing on, you know, throughout the, the street yeah. when it's closed off. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a question. Uh, Charlie, do you have any questions or something we should talk about? No, I think I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to, is there anything in here that we haven't, that I haven't seen yet that you guys were talking about earlier out of these uh, pictures here? Well, I was, I did mention to Monty, we talked about how my grandfather and his partner did the brands, all the brands. Oh yeah. Talk about that. And then, um, the furniture, a lot of the booths and stuff were built like at a little garage at his home and what do you call this diseased wood? It's a burl. A burl. Burl wood is how I always heard it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They kind of refinished that there and brought it down. And um, I don't know how many brands are in here. I wish I knew. Well, I've know? been told 9,000. Is that right? Yeah, give or take. Who counted those? <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> or if it's documented somewhere. Huh? Yeah. 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 9,000 brands. Yeah. Are they, Monty, do you have any idea? Are they solely Wyoming or are they kind of all over or no, there's some Southeast Montana okay stuff in there because Bernie you know those all those ranchers up around that part of the country yep, come, come down, down here yep. yeah yeah and so some of those are up there but for the most part it's all registered Wyoming brands cool they, they got them out of the book there's a, a state book and okay that's where they got them and, and then just did it yeah that's cool yeah. Well, these cedar um, shake shingles right huh aren't they on a cedar shake yes yeah yes so 9,000. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, burn all those in. Yeah. 
Uh, and the other thing we were talking about was the cash register, the old cash register. Like oh, that. yeah, with the... Uh, you know, you'd punch something in. So I remembered there was a Wolverine on it, and eventually there was this little bobcat on it that would light up when they rang up a sale. It had a bulb in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. And Wait. so that was, you know, part of the fun was to watch that sure. yeah. light up. Yeah. When we took ownership, that old cash register was still sitting there and that bobcat was on top of it, but the light didn't work in it. But that cash register was so out of date. I mean, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> the thing was huge, but yeah. it had a really cool old cover on it, you know, like an old old time thing. It was kind of stamped metal and okay. like it looked like it was, uh, what do they call that? Um, Engraved or? Overlay on it, okay. you know, that, you know, embossed or something something yeah uh -huh. but you know it looked really old and everything but hell you couldn't even keep the cover on it right it's always falling off and you have to put it back on and then the next thing you know the bobcat would fall off the back and you put it up there and on busy nights it didn't work very well so we don't even know if it added right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we got rid of it yeah yeah how about what about bringing back the bobcat that sounds like that's a cool little you bring that back that'd be a fun attraction to see well the bobcat's still up there oh there it is it just doesn't light up <laughs> i took it to a taxidermist and had him plaster that hole that was in its mouth oh sure had him plaster that hole up so that it you know looked right yeah and then is that the wolverine right there that's the wolverine yeah so they're both in here, so you can come look at them. And let's talk about all these mounts. Um, I think you were saying uh, it was Mavrakis and your grandfather? or uh, My grandfather's partner, Mac McVeigh, okay. and Sam Mavrakis would go on these hunts in Alaska. And so, the, you know, this is where they displayed the mounts. Okay. A lot of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Monty, have you ever added to any of these? Or I mean, there's a lot in here, so. I have. Which one? I have. But we haven't taken any of the originals out. Oh, cool. Okay. A grizzly bear was given to me. Okay. Um, a guy that, um, well, there's a story behind that, and it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, the owl was given to me. Um, um, I guess that's it. I want to hear buffalo, that. The oh. buffalo over the door. It's that taken me 29 years to get the right buffalo up there. I've been saving that spot for this whole time because <laughs> I always thought that it would be appropriate to have a buffalo up there. Absolutely. There's a good story behind that, too. I want to hear the grizzly bear and then the buffalo. <laughs> well, the grizzly bear, um, Tom something or another, I can't think of his name. I don't know him very well, but he showed up on a rodeo weekend, told me who he was, and says, my dad used to work in a logging camp up in B.C. He says, and we ended up moving here, and, you know, and then... You know, they did school here or something, and it wasn't here all that long, and then he, he himself had moved to Colorado. But his parents, I think, uh, passed away here, okay? And while his dad was in that logging camp, they had an old grizzly bear coming in, coming in and raiding the camp at night. And, you know, it was in the fall, and, you know, he's tearing the crap out of everything and trying to get into their food and everything. They you know, just couldn't get rid of him. So the two guys went out and hunted him one day. And it was Tom's dad was one of them. And they were kind of walking along on a hillside. And one guy was down lower, down by a creek or something like that. And his dad saw the bear out in front of him. And he shot him. Um, 
I think he just, you know, stuck one round in him and killed him. But the bear ran a long ways before he died. Sure. Turns out that bear was 17 years old. Oh. He didn't have any teeth. Oh, wow. But he was, you know, and he was trying to pack his winter fat on. So he was, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't do what a normal bear would do. So he right. resorted to human uh, human food. Sure. And they drilled him. And at one time, he was like the the seventh largest grizzly bear ever ever uh, recorded shot yeah yeah wow yeah that's a, i don't know how they measure them for sure i think it's something with their claws and maybe their head size or sure something. sure but anyway tom says you know he said i've had that in my house forever and he said i just don't have any use for it and uh he says you know since dad lived here and stuff he says i thought maybe you'd like to have one and i says well i've always wanted a grizzly bear too and he says i'll bring it up I went, okay so he showed up on a sunday one time he lives at fort collins i think Showed up on a Sunday, and I got the bear, and I ended up putting him up there. That's awesome. So that's how I got that. Seventeen-year-old. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty long age for a grizzly bear. Yeah. Uh, Yellowstone just tracked, uh, I think, a thirty-four-year-old one that's still out there, which is wild. Yeah. Um, that that's is. a funny story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no teeth, so I had to raid. <laughs> had yeah, to raid their raiding food. Yeah, raiding the, the camps for food, and then that buffalo. Yeah. Now. Um, way back in the early 90s, you know, when Wes and I took ownership here, um, I met, you know, hunting season was a big deal. I mean, all those hunters had come in here. I think most of them just came out here so they'd go to the mint. I don't think they really wanted to hunt. Right. You know? <laughs> so, um, but they, I met these guys from Minnesota and still friends with them to this day. And I had told them that I'd love to have a grizzly bear over that door. You know, like 25 years ago, I think I told Brad, uh, um, this one guy from uh, Alexandria, Minnesota, um, that, that I wanted a, a bear or a buffalo over that door. Well, one of the guys in the group um, did a lot of hunting, you know, big game hunting um, overseas and, you know, he shot everything there was about. And on his property, I think he was a pretty well-to-do guy, on his property he has a separate building where he put all of his mounts. Pretty sure because his wife wouldn't let him have them in the house, you know. Right. And then, then all these guys would go over there on, on Sundays, you know, and drink beer and watch football and, mm -hmm. you know, talk about their hunting days and whatever. But anyway, he had shot a buffalo and, um, and Brad. Unfortunately, this man passed away, and they were kind of – trying to find a home for these mounts. Sure. And Brad called me up and he said, are you still looking for a buffalo? I went, yeah. How do you know that? He says, well, a long time ago you told me that. I said, well, Brad, that was like 25 years ago. And he said, well, I know. But I just remember you wanted a buffalo. And, uh, and I said, well, yeah, I am looking for one still. And he says, I think I got the one. I think I got it. And uh, he said, I'm going to tell you all about it, but I think I can get it. I says, well, when are you bringing it? He said, this hunting season. I said, okay. So he shows up during the hunting season, no buffalo. He said, well, the thing fell through. Uh, the son decided he wanted to keep that buffalo head, and that was the end of that. He felt so bad about him, about that. Him and this other guy, Thomas Yezzi, um, felt so bad about it, they kept looking for one. Okay. Because he, he felt like he lied to me. Well, I wasn't holding him to it, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's been a little over a year ago, and it was, 
you know, it was um, late summer, so it had been like uh, first part of September, I think. Okay. He, uh, he calls me up and he says, got a buffalo. He says, we're leaving tonight. I'll be in Sheridan in the morning. And well, wait a minute, wait a minute, where'd you get it? He says, well, I'll tell you about when I get there. I said, jeez, oh, Brad, okay, okay. Um, so I give him a call about 7 o'clock the next morning, and um, I said, well, where are you guys? I said, you ought to be pulling into Sheridan. He says, uh, we've been in Sheridan since about 4 o'clock this morning. <laughs> I was like, how, how did you do that? And he says, well, we came across 94 instead of down you know, go down and pick up Interstate 90 and then come up that way. Right, right, right. He said, it was faster. And he says, we just drove all night. I said, good grief. And he says, where are you? And I says, well, I'm at the bar waiting for you. He says, we're right around the corner. We'll meet you. Okay, so they pull up. There's nobody downtown, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, they got this little trailer and this thing is in a box and it's all padded and all this stuff. And they had it tied down to the floor of a small feather light trailer strapped down, you know, so it wouldn't move. And then he come in here and told me, he said, now don't, now close your eyes. We don't want you to see it until we get it in the bar. We're <laughs> <laughs> crying out loud. So anyway, I accommodated them as much as I could. And they brought, uh, that, brought that buffalo in. And the way they got it was Yazzie was still looking for a buffalo and he saw one on eBay. Okay. <laughs> and a guy that lived right there in, uh, you know, Thomas lives, um, you know, in the city. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the Minneapolis area. And the guy that had it was just on the other side of town. And, um, so this guy says, well, yeah, I got it. And uh, he says, I, I, I got it off of a hunt that I did over in um, near Yellowstone. It was on a private ranch over there. Okay. He, he drew, drew the tag or whatever it was and went out and shot it and, and uh, took it home and was going to put it in his house. And he, too, ran into a little resistance from his wife. Sure. <laughs> she said, there's no way you're putting that in here. So he sold it, uh, you know, for the uh, taxidermy value. Yeah. And yes, he saw it and said, I'll take it. Just like that. And they... That, Drove it all the way up here. Yeah. They just, they both had a, you know, the timing was right where they could get away. And uh, yes, he had a brand new um, GMC uh, Silverado. Or no, it's... Um, Chevy? Uh, or, it might have been a Chevy. Yeah. Yeah. But brand new truck, he wanted to brand use it. New, brand new Duramax, <laughs> you know. And uh, Brad told me, he said, you know, those trucks will only do 95. He said, and I know that because I drove all the way across uh, North Dakota. And he said, I had that thing mashed to the floor all night. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, it'll only do 95. So that's how they got here so fast. Right. So anyway, that buffalo um, weighed 2,200 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Um, when, when a guy shot it and they, they weighed it out, you know, a, a right, full, right. full weight on it. That's a huge buffalo. Mm -hmm. And if you would see that down on the bar, you know, sitting here on the bar, you'd be like going, whoa. Yeah. Because it's huge. Yeah. It's really big. And they wouldn't even let me help them put it up there. I mean, I had to help them, you know, find a place to anchor a great big nail, a big spike, you know, so he could put the, the bracket on there. Right. And uh, then I had to, pull some shingles off and frame that in um, so it was real rigid. And after I did that, they told me to get out of the way. We're putting it up there. Yeah. And then they spent the rest of the day standing here at the bar, like uh, people would come through the door and go, hey. Look up. Look at yeah. <laughs> We brought that. <laughs> they, were, they were so proud of themselves over it. 
anyway, uh, they wanted to give it to me because they felt like they lied to me, and I, sure. uh, well, I wouldn't let them do that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they even paid for their fuel home. Yeah. So. Well, it's good guys. It, you know? What a what a roundabout story that it was shot in Wyoming though, in Yellowstone. Yeah. You know, that's uh, you'd been waiting for it for over twenty years, so yep. Yep. that's pretty amazing. The, f- the funniest part was though. Here's the here's the really good kicker. Oh, Bert down there at Bison Union. By the way, I got his vest. yeah, rocking his vest there. Yeah. Um, you know, he got his coffee shop opened up, and he put some buffalo mounts up there. Mm-hmm. I I just started laughing, you know. They they were kind of cheesy little mounts, but um, I went down there and told him, I said, hey, you need to come up and see my buffalo mount. Right. He says, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. And I said, no, I got one. And I said, it's pretty nice, and come on up and look at it, because I like to get to Bert. <laughs> he came up here, and he was embarrassed. <laughs> I really started rubbing it in on him. Oh, sure. Or get rid of those calves you got. Yeah. And he did. Oh, he geez. Did. Yeah, he went and, he went and uh, got some different ones. Right. They're not as big as that one. Uh, sure. Bigger than what he had. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, there's that story. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, my last question I have for you guys is, and we'll go Pam first, is, um, you know, the idea of this show is, we want great stories. We want to hear from, you know, Wyoming people, you know, kind of your story, you know, Monty, we kind of went through your, uh, your story to owning the mint and kind of stories of running the mint. And then, um, you, you know, Pam, you guys, your family's history too with it, but what's it mean to you guys, uh, to, kind of, to be from here, you know, and, um, you know, Monty, you obviously have seen so many people come here to come to the mint, um, and really, you know, the rodeo or hunting, you know, so people come out here to Wyoming and there's a reason for that. So, but Pam, what's, you know, kind of to end out with like, what, what makes the mint so special and what makes it, um, what makes it like Wyoming, you know, like Monty was saying, like, you know, these, these kind of bars are dying, you know, there's, there's not very many of them left, but, uh, you know, you, you had a childhood here. So what, what makes this, what makes this Wyoming the mint? Uh, well, welcoming <laughs> you know i would say the mint's very welcoming but uh it's got it's got a lot to say in here and and so does wyoming i mean we're we're vintage <laughs> you know yeah. we're we're um we're pioneers but progressive and we're hardy you know wyoming's kind of it's what four seasons and most of it's winter <laughs> or it used to be <laughs> But uh, no, I love I love where I'm from, and and uh, I get excited when people want to come and visit. And you know, there's just several things you're going to hit: King's Ropes, Polo, the Mint. I mean, there's there's a lot to say here, so the stories are here. Yeah, I love yeah. it. That was great. Yeah. It's she she said something that you know really strikes true to me and it's that welcoming thing um i used to spend a lot of time in here you know because i really didn't know anything about the bar business i had to learn it and and when i did you know i kind of wanted to be around a little more because of the people that you get to meet you know the regulars in the off season you know they're all great people great supporters and nice and you know they'll do stuff for you in a jam and you know that'll hometown thing but in the summertime, you know, when the tourists come in, you know, everybody's got a story. You know, I want to hear theirs and they want to hear mine. 
And so I had talked to a lot of people that had, you know, connections to the Mint. And I got out of them what I could, what they knew about the bar. And over time, because there wasn't just any one particular person I could sit down and talk to who could tell me, you know, the history of the place for the last 50 years, you know. Um, you know, you had to piece it together. And once I kind of got that, then I had a story to tell them. And, you know, there, there's people come from all over the world, you know, and end up here. And I asked them, how did you manage to find this place? They said, well, you know, I had some, you know, there might be from Belgium or, you know, France or something. And, and uh, they said, you know, in their language, um, well, some friends of ours came through here and they were on a bus tour and said that if we ever came to Sheridan, make sure you stop at that mint bar. So here we are. And I'm like, wow, you know. And, and that'd go on all summer long. I'd, I'd, I'd hear that from, from people. And you ought to see the guest books that I have. The people have signed their name and where they're from. It's literally all over the world. Wow. And they, they had some way of, of figuring out where we were. And they, there was some attraction that they wanted to come here. And, you know, you have to be able to talk to them um, so you can make the stop worth their while, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't lie to them about anything. I told them what I knew. And, and uh, those, you know, those people that are fascinated with that are, you know, about as far removed from Western lifestyle as you can get. So when they see a John Wayne movie on, you know, they, that, they kind of want to search that out a little bit, you know. And it's fun to talk to them in our own, in our own way. And, and then they tell me their story. And I've met so many good people and fun people to talk to. And I mean, the, the, the list is a mile long. And I mean, I can't even begin to remember them. Um, but sometimes if I'm around, somebody will show up and go like, I talked to you about 10 years ago about this place. And yeah, I remember. <laughs> nah, no. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's, it's sharing that, you know, and being right down on Main Street where we're at, you know, it is perfect. Um, this is a perfect location in Sheridan because people can unload off of a bus or find a parking place and get out and walk Main Street and end up in here and, mm -hmm. you know, small town kind of a thing with a huge historical bar, you know, and, and, and a lot of stories about it. And so I, I've done what I can, you know, to spread the, the good feel about, about Sheridan yeah. and, and the Mint and um, all of its history that I can, you know. And I think it's paid some dividends. Yeah. We've kept a, kept it alive. You know? Right. And we're still going to do that. So. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, if anyone's listening, come on down to the Mint Bar here in Sheridan on Main Street. Find Monty. He'll talk to you. There's, we, I mean, again, you guys were talking before. Um, there's so much history here. There's so many stories. There's so, so many people have come through. So um, I guarantee you we did not go through all the stories that Monty can tell you. Or really, not just Monty, but anybody that you run into. I mean, there's plenty of people that probably hang out here that have stories. So, um, but Monty, thanks again for letting us come in and set up. Um, this was fun. I think we should do this again. Pam, thanks for coming by too. I love these pictures. This was, um, it's just really cool to see what it looked like 60, you know, 60, 50 years ago. It's wild. So, um, thank, thank you. you too. And, um, thanks for everyone listening.